Hashtag never alone with Joe and Mark. Hi everyone and welcome to Hashtag Never Alone episode 16. I'm your lived experience host, Joe Ambridge. And I'm psychotherapist and relationship counsellor, Mark Fielding and Joe's co-host. And um, today's episode, we are, as I mentioned yesterday, we're doing the second part for different therapies. We were due to join, be joined by two guests, but um, I think we've had a bit of confusion with time differences and stuff. Um, so we're only joined by one guest today. Um, there's not really much to say about the topic today because we've spoken about what the topic is yesterday. Um, we are actually joined by Claire. Is it Claire Dunkley? Yep. Yep who's going to be talking to us about the type of therapy that she practices um, and a little bit about what it is and then sharing her experience. And then we're going to ask her some questions like we normally do. And thank you for joining us, Claire. So just tell us a little thank bit you. about yourself and your, your background in relation to mental health and the type of therapy you practice, if that's okay. Yeah, cool. Thanks, Mark and Joe, for having me on. So my background is I've been a registered nurse since the 90s. Um, mostly in the acute general uh, hospital setting, but as part of my training, we did um, half of our training was in mental health nursing. Um, but that's just an aside. I've also been through a lot of traumas and popped out the other side myself. So I feel like I have a little bit of um, personal experience. But what I currently do and I've been doing for the last five years is I run my own private clinic here in Queensland in Australia. And we specialize in ANF therapy. So what is ANF therapy? It stands for amino neurofrequency therapy. It came out of Europe in 2012, arrived in Australia in 2017. And I picked it up pretty much straight away because it was like nothing I've ever seen before in terms of healthcare. Um, we, there's sort of two parts to our therapy. So with mental health, um, you know, we love to put labels on things in healthcare, but when you really look at a mental, somebody with a mental illness or a mental health in general, there could be a zillion reasons why that person is suffering the way they are. So, you know, is it something that's trauma-based that they've, you know, disassociated from and therefore have a bipolar problem or is it, um, you know, a trauma related thing that they're living in a domestic violence situation, they have anxiety, they have depression, you know, they've never been seen or understood by their parents. Like, you know, there's a whole big gamut of trauma-related mental illness outcomes. Um, and then there's also the, the biological things that interfere with mental health. So there's a lot of research that shows now that poor gut health will lead to poor mental health. So, you know, if we have been on antibiotics a lot as children and then we get to our mid-40s and we realise we have absolutely no biology within our gut that, you know, we can no longer create all the, the neurotransmitters or so all the brain chemicals that we need to and then we, that leads to anxiety and depression. Um, you know, we live in a very, very toxic world. In Australia, we use more chemicals on our food than you know, 90% of the world's countries. We're in the top 10 for agricultural use. We have a very heavy metal toxic water supply, food supply. So all of that affects our gut health um, and that in turn can affect our mental health. So we're trained in ANF to try and find the source. So let's not try and put a Band-Aid solution on things. Let's not just medicate someone. Let's actually get to know the person, get to know their history, listen to them 
and then apply our therapy to them as needed. So um, I'll launch into what ANF therapy actually is, but do you have any questions so far? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not wanting to interrupt your flow, actually. Yeah, let's hear more about ANF therapy. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, so ANF therapy itself, the technology itself was developed by NASA in the 60s, and then a Swedish medical doctor in the early 2000s decided that he didn't want to, he went into sports medicine, but he didn't want to study muscles and joints. He wanted to study the nervous system because without the nervous system, the muscles and joints don't really know what they're doing. So in his research, and he's written multiple PhDs, in his research, he discovered that every single cell in our body and every body function has a frequency. So an energetic frequency that it operates at that our body then self-regulates and self-heals. So what happens when we have traumas or when we live in a toxic world or something like that, those frequencies get interfered with. So it's like, you know, when they do a little heart tracing, they stick stickers all over your chest and they do an ECG, that's measuring the frequency within the heart. Well, every, as I said, every cell has that and every body function, every biochemical function has its own frequency. So if we're in a traumatic experience and we are stuck in our fight and flight, then we have a big, big drive of cortisol. So our body then the cortisol breaks down our body, it will interfere with our frequencies and how our body actually functions. And then we get dis-ease or dysfunction within our body. So there's the medical devices, uh, as I said, NASA developed. So they're a carbon-based material. They're about as big as a 20 cent piece. I know this is a uh, audio podcast, but the guys can see my video. So I'll just quickly show them. So it's about the size of a 20 cent piece, really thin wearable sticker medical device. It's got a carbon-based metal in it, and into that metal is the frequency of whatever I'm trying to get the body to do. So, for example, in anxiety, there's generally a big serotonin imbalance. So, A, I check the person's gut health first, and if their gut health is poor, then I use a combination of these medical devices to reduce the inflammation within their gut, and then use a different set of frequency devices to then re-establish the gut function, rebalance the serotonin, and therefore their nervous system uptakes the serotonin, dopamine, melatonin processes better, and their anxiety is allayed. And we also have discs that work on our endocannabinoid system, so calming the nervous system down. And when your body is in a state of normality, then the person then gets to have a different experience. So instead of walking into a situation where anxiety would normally take over, they get to walk into that situation in a calm state. They have a new experience. Therefore, the brain says, oh, I'm not in danger. I'm okay. And then from there, we can work on getting the person, you know, create new patterns for that person. So there's over 300 different frequency devices and I use them depending on you on we assess everybody from head to toe the human body is very good at telling us where the inflammation is we help with that we do a combination of discs the person generally you know is on the road to recovery very quickly within three to eight sessions is generally how we can remove the inflammation and then you know the process depending on the person and what their particular circumstance is but I haven't seen anything like this in the 30 years I've been in healthcare. And 
you know, I have a, my business is built on referral only. And I have, a, I work in my clinic only four days a week and I'm booked out till next year now. It's just, it's, yeah, we get results. So people keep coming. Um, but yeah, specifically in mental health, we just try and figure out what's wrong with the client to begin with. Like at the moment, I've got a girl who's got horrific neck pain. And she thought, and you know, that's leading to anxiety. But as it turns out, she grew up in South Africa where it's not safe. Um, then she was in a train crash where there was, you know, multiple fatalities of children and she was trapped in the carriage with them. Then she was in a helicopter crash where her dad died with her as well. And then she's wondering why her nervous system has fallen apart because she's been living in this fight and flight anxiety response for 20 something years so we're slowly just getting her body back into balance and then she'll go off and do a retreat or something like that to sort of help her come back into herself um, and yeah so it's it's a process but they're the kind of clients I help with mental health anything from anxiety and depression um, OCD you know there's sometimes OCD is driven by a bit of fear and at the moment I think most people have OCD when it comes to washing their hands um, but yeah we just work with the particular client with their particular issue because mental health is huge and there's you know a lot of people in society are just misunderstood or you know we're social beings at the moment so sometimes I just offer my clients a hug because they've been told they can't hug their neighbour or their family members or they can't cross this border or leave their house or do anything like that but sometimes it's just as simple as connection as well. Yeah, I mean, there's so much in, in, in what you say. Goodness me, I don't know where to pick up to be, to be honest, interested in so yeah, much of it. I mean, no, yeah. no, please don't apologise. I mean, it, it's really, really interesting. I mean, I mean, just to pick up on, or maybe to, just to rewind to the gut health. I mean, I've, you know, I mean. Unfortunately, there was a bit of a tech issues where the recording stopped. Um, so if you notice the skin the audio, this is the reason why. I apologise. Um, enjoy the rest of the episode yeah so basically I, do, so I was really interested in the in the gut health i mean and the link to you know other kind of you know mental health disorders i, I guess you know you work really really holistically could you tell us a bit more around gut and you know and the effects of of the gut on you know the whole system yep um, yeah, well, we work in a priority system with our ANF and the gut is in the top three. It's sort of like the emotions rule the roost, then the lymphatic system, which is your body's sewage system, and then the gut. So it's up there with, you know, in the top three, as I said. So when you have gut inflammation, there's a lot of things that can happen. So most of the research coming out now will be about the gut biome. So that just simply means the gut's microbiology. So what bacteria we have in our guts. Um, and then the, it's the bacteria that creates vitamins. So particular bacteria create vitamin B in our gut. So vitamin B is essential to our nervous system working well. And if our nervous system isn't working in our gut, then we can't produce serotonin or dopamine. 80% of that is in the gut. It's also the vagus nerve. I don't know if um, you've talked about the vagus nerve in your previous podcast, but... Yeah. It's one of your cranial nerves. So we have eight cranial nerves, which means they come out of the brain, not the spinal cord. They, this vagus nerve, you have one coming down each side of your neck and it's called the wandering nerve and it's the body's biggest nerve. It wanders and it is the um, feedback loop to the brain for your heart, your lungs, 
your kidneys, your gonads, your gut, your adrenal glands, um, thyroid, spleen, like it basically, it's your, everybody's heard of the fight, fight and flight response, the fight and flight nervous system. Well, the opposing nervous system to that is the rest and digest uh, nervous system. And that is the um, parasympathetic nervous system. And that is the vagus nerve. So its job is to have you, um, you know, digesting. So if you're in a fight and flight response, which a lot of anxiety driven people are, then your body is your gut just stops working because mm. it's not an essential thing to help you survive whatever life-threatening situation you perceive you are in or that your brain perceives that you're in. So the vagus nerve can be not working properly. So the feedback loop there cannot be working properly. Um, heavy metals and uh, uh, petrochemical um, you know, pesticides and things like that will help will erode the lining of the gut. So if that happens, then you're not absorbing all the nutrients and minerals that you need for your nervous system to function properly. Therefore, you don't produce your serotonins, dopamines and things like that. Um, so gut health is, yeah, it's super important because 80% of your nervous system runs through the gut. Um, it's how we absorb our things. The liver is part of that system as well. And it has a massive role in um, detoxifying and, you know, uptaking minerals and stuff. So it's, it's a, the gut is a very big system and it is essential to mental health because of the vagus nerve is prolific there. Plus it's where all the brain chemicals are made to, you know, come and then they, there's also the solar plexus area, which is the area between your breastbone and your belly button. That is your personal power center. So if you are um, especially, I keep coming back to anxiety because that's, you know, up there with the number one mental health condition. Um, and when you have anxiety, people walk around, they often say they have this knot in their stomach. That's that solar plexus area just shutting down. Therefore, it shuts the whole gut down as well. Yeah, I mean, it's the, 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 the link with the gut and mental health, you know, and treating the whole person, you know, I mean, I, I guess the the whole separation of mind and body that, you know, that is, you know, that society has kind of sat in for years, you know, it's just rubbish, isn't it? I mean, how can we separate of two systems that yeah, of, yeah, you know, of one thing, you know, of, of, of the human? I mean, and also one wanted to ask a little bit about inflammation. I mean, I've read a bit, a little bit about inflammation and inflammation in the body being the cause of things like maybe cancer. And is it just the same kind of inflammation that, that you're talking about in the body that you deal with? Yep. So what we love to call it is invisible inflammation. So this is the inflammation that doesn't show up on an MRI or a CAT scan, but you can physically look at someone and you can tell by, you know, the bags under their eyes, the condition of their skin, the color of their skin, um, the blood vessels that are surface blood vessels that really shouldn't be there, the, the texture of muscles. And when you're touching someone, like there's a difference between an inflamed uh, tissue as in like, just let's just pick a muscle. So an inflamed muscle should feel like a big, nice, juicy steak. I mean, sorry, a normal muscle is a big, juicy steak. Um, an inflamed muscle feels like a sponge. So, you know, we can tell the inflammation is there just by feeling it plus pain. Pain is the biggest indicator that there's inflammation because you should be able to touch the body anywhere and not cause pain. But I can tell you that my clients call me a torturous. They think I'm a dominatrix of sorts because I cause so much pain when I examine them. But that's just showing 
me that their body has a lot of inflammation. And generally it's, you think of, we have a, a system in our body called the lymphatic system. And until I started studying ANF, I really didn't know that much about it because in nursing school and in the four other university diplomas that I've done, we don't really talk about it. Um, it's your body's sewage system and it's also your immune system. So you, you could imagine like when the sewers get blocked or when you're where a river, because we're mostly water. So when the rivers get blocked or um, you know narrowed, then what happens? You get all this debris just sitting around. So, you know, as living produces waste, like when we breathe, we pro the breakdown of oxygen produces waste. Your body's supposed to be able to get rid of that. But if you have inflammation, it gets stuck in this lymphatic system and that gets a, like, it's like a blocked sewer. So then you'll, you'll have a problem somewhere else or down the line. Like, it's like, imagine like your sewer in your backyard blew up and then there's all this stuff in the backyard well that's what happens when our sewage system is blocked that sits somewhere in the body so it's our job as ANF therapists to find out where that is and that can be caused by you know a glandular fever virus you had when you were 16 or you know a traumatic event or you know whatever it is we get a lot of toxic buildup and that can affect your brain as well because your brain produces the most waste of any other organ in the body so if it isn't able to drain then of course you're going to have some problems going on up there as well. Yeah, and in terms of the link with cortisol as well, yeah, I mean, I guess people that have anxiety, you know, and anxiety is so prevalent, you know, I mean, society, you know, it almost encourages anxiety, doesn't it, really, the way we all live. But I guess people are on fight or flight, I mean, sometimes for hours every day. So they're producing yeah. cortisol and that cortisol is meant to be there in order just to help them literally, you know, freeze, flight, you know, fight or flight. It's sitting in the body and the body's producing it the whole time. So that clearly yeah. must be really, really damaging the body. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. And even the research is showing now, like, you know, if you have a sore shoulder, they give you a cortisone injection. The research is actually showing now that that does more damage than good. So oh. I always explain to my clients that it's like, well, you know, that's a little injection into a shoulder. If your body is just running that as a stress hormone yeah. the whole time, well, then your body's going to break down. Um, and then, you know, of course, we drink a lot of coffee in this day and age as well, which also affects your adrenal glands. Your adrenal glands are what produces the cortisol. So these poor little tiny little glands that sit on top of your kidneys get overworked and then they eventually give up. Yeah, I mean, do, do, do they actually burn out then, the adrenal glands in the end? Because yeah, well, I guess they can only produce so much, I would imagine. Well, the body, yeah, and the, the human body is extraordinary at compensating. So, you know, if one thing falls over, then something else just has to pick up the slack, so to speak. Because, again, on a frequency level, the body has to be at 65 hertz for it to be happy in equilibrium but if your adrenal glands aren't working then your thyroid might have to do a little bit of it their job and then the liver has to pick it up and then so then your body's doing all these processes that aren't normal just to survive but mm. you know we can only sprint away from the lion for so long before the lion catches us yeah i mean it's, it's like just like a machine is it one part starts not not working you know maybe the other parts of the machine will pick it up but eventually you know the machine yeah. maybe doesn't stops working you know so well effectively yeah I don't, yeah. what, can you tell us a bit more about the kind of a, the, the energy? So, so you, you use the, the, these um, energy producing, um, well, how would you describe the them? The, yeah, the, so the discs, how, how do they work? What, how, how do how they do work? They, yeah. yeah, so 
the material, the carbon material that they're made out of is the same stuff that NASA developed to line the spacesuits with. So they discovered in the 60s when astronauts were going out of space, they'd be gone for you know, a week and they'd come back six years older or, and their cardiovascular system wasn't working properly and their lymphatic system wasn't working properly. And they were like, wow, what's going on here? And you know, NASA's pretty smart. They know what's going on. So they realized that when you're in outer space, there's nothing reflecting anything back at you. You're just out there. Whereas we're walking around Earth, we have, you know, buildings, we have people, we have trees, we have animals. We're all reflecting energy to and fro and back and forth from each other. So NASA developed this material. And what it is able to be um, able to do is take a frequency and discharge a frequency. So the, the Swedish doctor that developed ANF, who discovered all the different frequencies for body functioning, he got together with NASA and said, you know, is there a way to put my known frequencies onto your physical material and put them on the human body and get the body to function better? So it took them about four or five years, I think, to develop it. So there's a machine in just outside Las Vegas that actually is programmed, embeds the frequency. So the, the medical device, the disc holds that frequency. Then when we put it on the body, the body's infrared heat heats up the disc and it just releases the frequency. Now you wear these discs for 72 hours. And over that 72 hours, the disc is just part of your nervous system. So the brain is picking up the information, putting it back, picking it up, putting it back, and the concept, well, the, the idea of when we know the treatment is finished is that your brain has copied back. It says, oh, I remember that frequency and then it holds it. So it might take six or seven wearings of these discs for the brain to say, oh, I finally got it. Thanks. I'm good. It's like, you know, when we learn our times tables, we have to keep practicing them over and over and over again before we know that two times two is four. So it's like, we just need to leave these things on the body and keep replacing them to a point where the brain says, Ah, got it. Thanks. And then it just starts regulating like it's supposed to, because that's the human body's designed to self-heal and self-regulate. Yeah. I mean, there's almost a link. I, the, the, correct me if this is completely, you know, it's completely wrong, but I guess I'm almost hearing a link to, you know, some ancient wisdom here as well in terms of thinking about, you know, Ayurvedic kind of medicine and vibrational kind of medicine. You know, this is, you know, ancient wisdom, isn't it? I mean, this stuff has been around for thousands of years. And the ancients have already always known that we're a physical, spiritual and emotional being and they've always worked on all of those. It's just like, you know, your meridians in acupuncture, that's been around yeah. for five, six, seven thousand years that we know of. So how long has it been around since before? Yeah. Um, you know, it, in the hieroglyphics that you would pick up, the Egyptians were working on this kind of stuff as well. And then, you know, in the, in the 1920s, there was a guy, a doctor in America who had a machine that would reprogram people's frequencies. And he was getting, you know, 100% cure rates for cancers and other diseases, but pharmaceutical companies didn't like that. There's no money in health. There's no money in people being well. So unfortunately our health system went one way and kind of people like me get looked at like that I'm an alternative therapist. I'm like, well, no, I'm not. I'm a registered nurse using a medical device that's been developed by world-renowned medical people. It's just, it goes against the narrative. Yeah. Well, and also the fact that, you know, your business runs on referrals. I mean, you know, the proof, uh, you know, I mean, there's the proof, yeah. isn't it? People feel better. Yeah. I mean, that's why people yeah. come to you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you just, you know, you've got to have an understanding, I guess, you know, you, as nurses, 
I don't know if it's just innate in us that we kind of can walk a mile in somebody else's shoes, like we're quite empathetic people, but also, you know, the best therapists have been the best patients before or the worst patients before make the best therapists, I should say. <laughs> um, you know, so it helps in a way that, you know, you go through your own stuff and you find a way through with, and then, you know, so then I know that I have a handful of therapies that I know will work, you know, like not traditional psychiatry per se but you know psychotherapy and body work and gestalt therapy like there's so many other things out there and I have one of my clients the one with the helicopter crash and the train crash she said you know I'm just over it I've been medicated for 20 years she's had over 100 um ECT so you know when they electrocute the brain oh, wow she's, yeah. yeah she's like I'm over it something's got to be different and I don't want to be told now by somebody with a clipboard what to do and I'm like we well, just need someone to listen to you like in the 20 years since all these traumas happened to her her psychiatrist has never talked to her about that I mean, and I, I find that astounding goodness me I, I find that incredible yeah, one antidepressant yeah. after another, after yeah. another, after another. And I'm like, the poor yeah. girl's been through more traumas in her life than most of us would in 16 lifetimes. Let her talk about it. Yeah, I mean, wow, that really, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm wanting to say I'm shocked by that, but, you know, there's a yeah, part of me that's also, too. there's part of me that's also yeah. not, <laughs> you know, yeah. because medication, you know, there's, there's a place that, you know, I'm by no means anti-medication. I think, you know, medication really, really helps a lot of people. But, yeah, but you, but you, you also have to explore what's gone on, don't you? You know, mm. I mean, goodness me, your, your client has had so much trauma. It's really yeah. difficult to see how that has not been kind of factored in, really. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. you also kind of, so you also provide that, really, in a way. They, they, they come to you for the holistic treatment, but you will also talk to them and hear their story, which I think is also just that in itself. I think can be yeah. pretty therapeutic for people, especially people like your client that's not really been listened to. Definitely, definitely. And I often find, you know, the, there are side effects to my treatment. It's called detoxing. So as the body gets rid of the inflammation or the issue, it can make the person feel crappy. And oh, look, I can't, if I had a dollar for every time somebody had some kind of emotional release, I would probably not have to work. I'd just be doing it for the love of it. But yeah, the emotions get caught up in our body in weird and wonderful ways that you wouldn't think. Yeah. Did, did you want to come in, Joe? Yeah, I'm just talking about um, a person, obviously just needed someone to listen to her. It was reminding me of something I mentioned a few episodes ago. Was someone that I follow on Instagram and they were talking about how how to and how not to talk to someone with depression, anxiety about how you shouldn't give say stuff like, oh, this is what I did. This should probably work for you because obviously different things work for different people and listening to people instead of trying to make it about yourself as well. Yeah. Like just having someone listen to you is almost like that weight off your shoulders. Like, yeah, I yeah. I I was saying to Mark as well. Like, I went to see my psychologist the other day, and I hadn't seen her for ages. I haven't really needed to see anyone, but I had all this emotional stuff building up, and everything like uh, I've had all these good things happen, like like new job, like things are going well with my relationship. Um, obviously, we opened up lockdown and ended finally, and I just still felt like there was that one thing missing like there was something missing but I and like I should be happy because these things are good and all these good things are happening to me finally and life's going well but there was something missing but I went and saw my psychologist and I was just talking about all these things and even just talking about 
minute I left, I very much felt like massive weight of emotional baggage just falling off my shoulders. And like even, I can't remember, I think it was one of the episodes we did the other day, even talking about that stuff and the lady was like, oh, it's part of BPD. You feel like there's always that need for something more, even when things are going well. Just yeah. even hearing stuff like that, it's like, it just makes so much more sense that it it's part of one of my mental health disorders that I feel that need for more and life's still not perfect even when it can be perfect. Yeah. You do need that person to sit and listen to you and sometimes medication, I'm not against medication and not against therapy, like certain types of therapy, but it does just sometimes just take someone to listen yeah that's like, it that's i always find yeah and we're brought so, up in a society now that you know it's taboo to talk about it it's like oh you know yeah. i don't want to you know nobody really feels comfortable or doesn't want to be a burden or you know life people are just too busy now so yeah creating a space for someone to 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 talk and yeah just to, as you said just to listen and not and not try to to talk, you know, to tell them that they're wrong or your experience, like that's, yeah, I agree with you there, yeah. Joe. It's... And it has kind of, like, as much as it's been become a good thing that a lot more celebrities are coming out and talking about it, the the worry I have is becoming a cool thing to talk about it now because of famous people talking about it. It shouldn't be, it should yeah. be a cool thing, it should be a thing to, like, easy thing to do to talk to people about it because it's a it's a real illness like mental health is just as real as physical injury stuff like a broken arm but yeah. now celebrities are talking about it everyone's like oh okay it's okay to talk about it because someone famous is talking about it and it shows everyone is human but it obviously can have its negative sides too because it shouldn't be that someone famous has to come and talk about mental health for it to be a real thing I mean, even the yeah. separation, honestly, I struggle with, you know, that like, yeah, I mean, the, the mental health and the physical health, you know, I struggle with even that, the, the way that, you know, that conceptualization, because we have to be treated holistically. I mean, I'm a, you know, a big fan of holistic treatment, you know, I mean, focusing on the body. I mean, I'm thinking about trauma and like Bessel van der Volk, you know, he's kind of a big trauma guy. And, you know, just picking up on kind of what you were saying about trauma being, you know, being stored in the body, you know, and in therapy, yeah, body work. I mean, I think everyone needs, you know, the kind of different treatment depending on what they're bringing. And, you know, and, and let's make that holistic, you know, because yeah, the separation definitely. of mind and body, I think, you know, I think that's that's just outdated, really. I mean, we are just, yeah. you know, we're very, very complicated systems, which I guess kind of speaks to, you know, what what, what you're saying really today and your, your, your treatment protocols. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And also um, PTSD is a big, big, um, I think societal problem that, you know, I've got a, a lot of clients and a lot of friends that are ex-military and ex-first responders or current first responders, so fireys or police or ambulance officers. And what they see and what they have to endure is I look, I, you know, I've been first on the scene at motorbike accidents and stuff. It's not pretty, but I only have to see it once. Could you imagine that that's what you do day in, day out? And they there is no support for that. And that's, it's just, it's criminal. It really is. So, you know, and that has a physical impact on their bodies as well. So, mm. you know, I think support groups are, a num you know, are a big thing as well. So people can sit around and share their experiences and not realise that they're not alone as well. 
yeah i think i think groups and sharing experiences i think can yeah. be really really helpful for people yeah i totally agree with, with yeah. what you're saying yeah you have stuff about like alcoholics anonymous and drug abuse and stuff you should have stuff for people that have gone through trauma to go and share the experiences that they've had and know yeah. that they're not alone because there are other people that have gone through this sim maybe similar trauma or their own trauma and that's yeah. going to kind of ease that stress stress load on yourself knowing that there's other people out there with similar experiences or their own experiences and it's the yeah. same with maybe any other mental health like i when when i and i talk about it a lot <laughs> but like when i did my anxiety awareness film one of my someone in my family came up to me afterwards i did like an anxiety awareness film where we spoke about it. anxiety like a few people came and spoke about living anxiety and how they deal with it and how what might have caused it and I released that and that did really well. And I had so many people come up to me afterwards and say, oh, I've got anxiety. And I've always been scared to talk about it. And like your films kind of give me that courage to kind of come and talk about it. And knowing that my films had that impact and there's people out there that don't talk about their mental health because they're scared to, which is mm. so, it just resonated so much for me. Like that's part of the reason I do the podcast to give people that platform to talk about mental health yeah it's so important joe too so it's you know you're doing the world a favor you too by doing these podcasts and producing your films and stuff it's awesome yeah is, is there anything that you'd like to say about anf that, that we haven't given you the opportunity to to say uh no it's well the catchphrase for anf therapy is when nothing else helps this will um i always give my clients well, not always but you know, I often give my clients a little card that says expect a miracle because for me, it's like a miracle how the body with the right information can improve so quickly. But I think the best thing, the biggest thing, and it's not ANF related, it's just, and it touches on what you said too, Joe, is the biggest thing I can say to people is reach out to someone. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. But there are people out there that will listen to you and not just fob you up. You just got to find them. Um, and if anyone wanted to contact you or um, find your socials, where would, we, where would our listeners find you or where would we find you? Yep. So uh, our website is cluzy.com. So C-L-U-Z-I-E.com. Our Facebook page, we have a couple, but the main one is Cluzy Clinic. Uh, so again, it's just C-L-U-Z-I-E. So I'm uh, one of the Australian uh instructors for anf therapy there's two of us also i am the highest qualified in australia for anf therapy um there and i'm yeah the australian distributor so if anybody in australia or new zealand wants to know where they can go and see somebody for some anf therapy then by all means give us a shout through our website and we can put you in contact with someone closer to you or i could do a teleconference if um, there is no one that close um, and yeah, we're all around the world. So I know you have a very global um, audience. So there are therapists in England, in the Middle East, in Europe, in America, in, you know, there's, in Singapore, there's, there, we're everywhere. Um, and it's just building every year. So the main headquarters is in Spain. So Mark, people that are out in the UK and want to get a little bit of sun, they can go down to Southern Spain and meet the inventor and, and learn um, some techniques from him. And in terms of the therapist and in terms of clients, 
you know, they just need to reach out and we can put you in contact with someone qualified. Because again, there's a lot of different practitioners practicing ANF and we all have different health qualifications. Some of us are physios, some of us are nurses, some of us are doctors, some of us are osteopaths. And within the ANF community, we are all educated at different levels. So I can point you into the right sort of person for you. Awesome, thank you. Did you have anything you'd like to add, Mark, or anything, or any other questions? Um, no, I mean, just to say, I've really enjoyed finding out about ANF today. I mean, thank you. It's been yeah. really, really interesting. Awesome. Oh, well, I'm, I'm very yeah. grateful to um, to be on your podcast. And as I said before, keep keep up the good fight. It's um, mental health is huge, and especially in this yeah. current climate, it's um, it's super important to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Say thank you again to Mark for helping co-host um, and Claire for joining us. Um, it's something that I've never really heard about. I've heard of like naturopathy and stuff, but like it's been so insightful to hear like a different type of therapy and all these uh, all like different forms of therapy that there are. Because obviously there is the whole one size doesn't fit all with therapy. Like everyone has a certain therapist or a certain type of therapy that will work for them. So as I said yesterday, if you haven't found the right purpose for you, there might be someone else out there for you. I went for a few few different people before I found the right person. Um, and say so thank you to our listeners for tuning in for another episode. And we'll be back next um, on Sunday with a new episode as we near the end of season two. Um, thank you, guys.